0: Make me wanna kick your heels and Welcome back, your listeners, to an extra special edition of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. We braved the elements today down at Giraffe Town. It was an abysmal day outside, about 40 degrees and pouring rain the whole time, but that did not stop us, the Bills and Beers crew. I'm Lars.
1: Joining me today, the president of the Bills backers for Chicago, Sujit, is with us. You know... Sometimes a blessing is actually a curse, and that's what I'm going to go with. That's going to be my theme of the day. Are you referring to our audio issues? Uh, And Draft Town.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Draft Town was, we'll we'll get into that uh, in its entirety. Uh, Sitting next to uh, Sujeet is the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton.
2: It is really nice to be under a roof with some heat, dry pants. It's very nice.
0: Yeah, we are just outside Draft Town. We're going to get into the whole bit, and we've got uh, seven new Buffalo Bills to talk about. Had eight picks going into the weekend. Traded up um, to snag Reggie Ragland there in the second. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Bills and Beers is the best way to find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and, of course, on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your loved ones. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. we got a couple extra special shout-outs. The Bills Nation, uh, well, represent- some of the Bills Mafia that so we've Yeah, Bills Mafia far and wide. We're getting into that. we got an exciting episode. Let's not waste any more time and talk about uh, the newest recruits in the Bills Mafia. Ooh,
1: missed. Let's try that again.
2: Close do, we enough. do we do it over a month? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo.
1: Let's go, Buffalo.
0: make me wanna So year two of draft weekend in Chicago is coming to a close. By the time you're listening to this, it has officially come to a close. We made our way down to Draft Town USA today to be a part of the experience. And Chicago, two years in a row now, hosting the draft event. This will probably be the last time they host it. Goodell made some comments earlier in the week indicating that it's time to give other cities a try. And I'm sure after this weekend's weather, they're not too excited about it. However, 40 degrees and pouring rain, and yet there was still a lot of people in Grant Park today. We were talking while we were down
1: there, if the weather had been nice, it would have been jam packed with people. It was, you know, it was an amazing experience last year when I went down there and it was a great time. Um, you know, we tweeted some pictures from out there and it was gorgeous. And so I think that everyone was really excited about experiencing that once again this year. And you know, so they tried, they came out because it was such a good time yeah. last year.
2: And and today shows you why Chicago is such a good sports town. Totally. E- even though I can't stand the Bears, sorry about that. But people come out, they want to experience, they want to be surrounded, they want to do stuff. The, the Events like this don't come to Chicago, and so it was really nice, a lot of different fans out there. I think we saw maybe a lot of representation from a various teams. Oh yeah,
0: I, I'm yeah. pretty sure we saw fans from every team which you know it almost seems forced but i think that's that's what you get in a city like chicago we got people here from all over the place and i mean it is such a crazy interactive event i mean it's like it's like a pop-up fair in the middle of grant park and the theme for this theme park is the NFL and we got stuff for the kids. We got guys running forties ch- while
1: chugging beers. I mean, it was just a great time. It's and it's really unfortunate that the weather did not cooperate. Yeah, I did think they went a little bit smaller this year. Um, I, there was what I noticed is that all the things that were kind of popular last year, they kept those and then got rid of some other things, but. The things that had long lines but were still popular last year. So, like, for example, all the Super Bowl rings that were there last year weren't there this year. Yeah. But they still had, like... The Vince Lombardi trophy was there. Yep. oh, definitely. Vince Lombardi's trophy. And so, I mean, it's hard to appreciate because it's, it was so rainy and freezing and I'm gross grown. that, you know, it's not as nice. But, you know, it just wasn't as big of an event this year. The one thing I will say is that I, I do feel like they kind of took a, took a step back in terms of how much money they were going to spend on it or whatever. Maybe because they knew the weather was going to be bad or not, but... If I was the NFL, I would say, you know, kind of you have to maintain lots of those exhibits like where you put together your own ball or you can design your own jersey, yeah. all that custom stuff. You know, it wasn't as popular because it, it was a one one by one. People would go through those events. And so there was a long line so people wouldn't go to it. Meanwhile, everybody would go up to the um, the football player, like the, the uniform of their team and yeah. take their picture behind, you know, with their head sticking out from underneath because it didn't take any effort. So I don't know. I I think that we talk about blessing in disguise. Uh, uh, no, sorry. A blessing and a curse. I think that's where I'm going to first start with blessing and a curse. It is such a blessing to have the draft right here in Chicago. Definitely. And last year, I definitely felt that as a blessing. I thought it was amazing. I said, I'm going to go to this every year. You know, I literally left work today to go there, despite the cold and freezing. So cheap, and then, working on a Saturday. Watch out. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. And uh, what I came to realize was that, it was not as great as I thought it was, because <laughs> it was great when it was beautiful in Chicago, but yeah. when it was this cold... I mean, it was awful. It was, I mean, yeah. we get bad weather, we get we get not
0: great weather. Today's weather was awful. It was awful weather. But Windy, like, da- downpour. It was a downpour yeah. the whole time, and cold.
1: And that's why, you know, that's another great thing about Chicago, is that much like upstate New York, we're not a bunch of wusses when it comes to the weather, so we're still going to go out there, and we're going to complain about it for the first 10 minutes of a podcast but let's talk
0: about some of the bright spots yes because it was a great opportunity to meet and greet some some far-flung members of the Bills Mafia extra special shout out today has to go to our boy Mark from Newcastle England who brought his lady friend all the way from Scotland to visit Chicago to be there for the Buffalo Bills cheering everybody on what was great about meeting Mark I love this guy because we saw him he was taking this picture next to the Sammy Watkins chairs and he said hey go Bills moment he started talking like oh you're not from here because you have an accent this guy chose to root for the Buffalo Bills about a year ago because he decided he was going to get into football. And why did he, well, the real kind of football, excuse me. And why did he choose the Buffalo Bills? Because as a fan of Newcastle, he was accustomed to a team that would get you all the way there and let you down. And he wanted that from an NFL experience to And God bless him because he's going to get it over and over and over again with this goddamn team. But, hey, love it because that's the kind of grit, that's the kind of, Alice, Worldview, you need to be a Buffalo Bills fan. So, Mark, you and your lady friend Sarah, we welcome you with open arms.
1: Yeah, and then a, a, another bright spot of the fans that we met today was uh, Brent.
2: Bre- Brett? Grant. 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 Wow. Grant.
1: Uh, Close, listen, but not really. Listen, all I know of him, the only thing I know, I don't know his name. I know that he <laughs> He's from is from North Tonawanda. the sixth-round pick of the Buffalo Bills should for a wide receiver. Yeah. So, this guy was tall. He seemed athletic. He seemed like he could be fast. You know, he seemed like he could do okay in front of a camera and uh, a microphone. Hey, I need a wide receiver. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, and, and the poor guy lives in Boston now. So, and that's uh, true,
1: yeah. Yeah, so that's sad. He's weathered many a fan storm.
2: I mean, he might be a little bit stronger than we are, so.
1: Yeah. And then, we don't know the name of this gentleman, but whoever you are, sir, it was a pleasure to meet the uh teammate of khalil Mack, yeah who played for ub but is now a green bay f- he is he is a green bay he yeah. always has been a green bay fan because uh, he's from wisconsin but he was there with some of his uh buffalo he was from with a bills you know, fan yeah with a bills fan so it's cool to meet him dude was from rochester that's right from uh, let's wait from easter Ronda. Uh, yeah the the bills fan was from easter rondequoit yeah uh, which is you know as a person that's from rochester i'm from Penfield and. We had probably the sorriest football team in the world. And it's appropriate, therefore, that my but high your, school chiefs but have now squash, turned into the Penfield Patriots.
0: Your squash and tennis teams, I'm sure, were just out of the no, park. Just because I'm brown team? doesn't yeah. mean
1: that... They were, I went to Was a white high school. What's wrong
0: with you? Yeah, You went to the Ridgegate high school. No,
1: I didn't. I went All to right. a regular old public high school yeah, you say with so. white people. Uh-huh. We even had an urban-suburban program. Okay? Oh, right,
0: yeah, to do... Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah, no comment And, and, and
2: what about the uh, legacy group today? Charlie yeah, and Charleston Charlie and Charleston the, the grandfather, From Williamsville Yep, with the grandson
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so lots, lots of cool people Not from Chicago They're representing the Bills Mafia In spite of the weather In spite of everything else going on It was a great time it's sad that we won't get to host it next year.
1: By all indication, uh, it's going to go elsewhere. But probably for it, p- planning purposes, for the best. Yeah. Let's be honest. Last year, when it was beautiful in Chicago in the middle of April, was an aberration. Yeah, but as you said, if they put that event in Miami and they had weather like we had
0: today, nobody's going. But because right. it's Chicago, I mean, cast like you said, we're not, we're not we pansies. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. So Thank we you. got we actually we have some actual Buffalo Bills draft picks to talk about. Uh, let's take a break, though. Why not? Let's let's not let's not muddle the the message here because I, I did want to give a shout out to Draft Town and Bills Mafia. We did so. Uh,
1: oh, and Draft NFL, you need to bring back the freaking individual team tents because yeah. we had full plans of recording from that team tent, and we get there, and all is there is a damn AFC locker room that represents every single team in the AFC. You need to bring back the tents. That was ridiculous. That was actually my biggest disappointment about Draft Town, And it's also worth I noting... I do like the charging stations, though, in the bar. That was that was cute. That was clutch. It's also worth noting,
0: um, for if, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're digitally plugged in and a Bills fan, so you probably know all about Chris Trapasso. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. We were going to have him on this program. We're having a little a bit of difficulty getting people on the phone. We're going to have him sometime during the regular season, but he seems to be a, if not an admitted, he's calling us from Batavia, New York. Um, he's definitely a member of Bill's Mafia, and we plan to have Christian him on Pesso's soon.
1: I got Christopher phone number. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, well, let's, I'm not going to call him. man. Let's, let's, let's actually talk about our draft picks here. Let's, 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 let's do it. Let's
1: yeah.
0: get yeah, into, into it. If only our recording equipment was a liver, then we'd be all <laughs> set, because you could <laughs> fix that yeah. lickety-split. So, Thursday night, we gathered at uh, La Casa Hutton. He said Liggity Split. To order some wings,
1: order some pizza. By the way, Philly's Best, huh?
2: Philly's Best has got some good pizza. Yes,
1: it does. Yes, and that is definitely a confusing statement. (laughs) Yeah, very confusing. Also, Philly's Best in Chicago has great
0: pizza. (laughs) Also, very greasy. I spent probably the first four hours of yesterday just, like, burping up grease. But we gathered for the first round of the 2016 NFL Draft. A crazy round with everything happening with Laramie Tunsil and and guys coming off the board way faster than anybody predicted. Suddenly at number 19, lo and behold, the Clemson product Shaq Lawson, who already has a relationship with Rex Ryan, was sitting there saying to himself, Rex, come get me, come get me Rex. And Rex came and got him. Rex and them. And now we have one of the most versatile defensive players in the NFL draft this year, Shaq Lawson, our team. Where can we possibly go wrong? Rex got his guys in rounds one through three. It's a new era in Buffalo, and we got the youth. We got the will. These guys are saying everything that Mario Williams didn't say. They want to play for Rex. They don't care where they play. They don't care if their job is to take up blockers, to stuff run lanes, set the edge, or to get right after the quarterback. They're going to do it, and they're going to do it to the best of ability. Cass, coming to you, Shaq Lawson. Greatest pick in NFL
2: history? (laughs) Well, compared to Mario, he's a lot more affordable. <laughs> that so is true. We'll go with that for number one. Uh, no, he, he's he's a big dude. He, he's got a great story, you know. with, with seems like a leader with his, his dad passing away while he was relatively young and, and having to step up. So um, excited to have him on the team, and, and he, he seems like he'll follow. He'll follow. Uh, he'll follow his leaders ahead of him, but he'll he'll pave his own way. So uh, looking forward to having some help there on the, the defensive line.
0: Yeah, and it seems – I don't know if – he might play on the line when we're in sub packages, nickel and dime, uh, but Whaley said he's going to be a stand-up 3-4 outside linebacker opposite Jerry Hughes. I don't I don't know how many times we're going to be in that formation to begin with. Doesn't
1: but he seem a little big
0: for that? I was going to
2: say that. He's a big dude. Dude, I – like he
1: seems like a thicker defensive yeah, end. Like he seems a, like a 3-4 defensive end. Like but he's he's like going to play Kyle Williams. He's going to play, gonna yeah. Yeah. play yeah. inside
0: outside on the line. He's going to play outside as a linebacker. This, this dude's going to line up
1: in five different positions. They also may have him drop some weight, right? So that might well, be Well, Whaley said the opposite. He said they expect him to gain weight. See, now that's just confusing. I know. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but what's what's
0: is, <laughs> so why we don't do this what, for a living. But what, so. what we what we do know we can expect is he will be used in a variety of different ways. Which is what's so befuddling about the Mario Williams situation because if you recall in 2013 when Mike Patton came in, Mario was ec- like ecstatic that he was moving around and playing all bunch of different positions and he loved it. And then for whatever reason when Rex was asking what we can only believe to be something similar, he just decided no,
1: that's not for me anymore. Well, but I think that when Pettin was here, while he was asked to be in different positions, he was never asked to cover. I think he hates covering. I think he feels lost when he's covering. So uh, Mario would just line up in different positions. He would line up in the center. He would line, and he liked that because his only job was still to go after the quarterback. He was, you know, and, and run stopping. If I recall correctly, maybe I'm wrong, but. Um, I'm just Whatever, envisioning a, a lot of D.Va. you a know, lot like of plays where he just. Was, I was really hoping that today was the last day that we'd ever uh, that our last podcast was not the last time we'd ever talk about Mario Williams, but now that we have, um, I do want to get into the talk back about Shaq
0: Lawson and not mention
1: what, yeah, his, what his, his we had and right. what,
0: what you know.
2: The one thing that makes me nervous though is we always said that Rex Ryan's defense is complicated, and seasoned NFL veterans had difficulty with Rex Ryan's defense. We've drafted now three players that we expect to have a pivotal role in the defense next year. But they're rookies. So what is their learning curve going to be with Rex Ryan's team? I
1: don't know about the complicated nature. I think key players in the defense have to have to understand the complicated nature and you know the only thing that I've heard on from three different from ESPN from WGR and from uh, something that I uh, that was written that I read was that some, Reggie Ragland will be the CEO of board. your defense. <laughs> Reggie Ragland will be the CEO of your defense. He's smart. He understands complicated defenses. That Alabama's defense was not the same as Rex Ryan's, but it has the same concept of moving players around, having different schemes, having different players do different things on different plays. Um, so I think that Reggie Ragland can understand that. And I think that was a major knock on Preston Brown is that he didn't have the kind of the mental capacity, at least in his first year, to get that. But you have to remember that Rex Ryan. He, built, he had a defense that was built around people like Brian Scott. He had uh, people that were not stud players. Um, and he had some rookies that picked up the defense well and did well with it. So I don't think it's that you need to be a veteran, seasoned person to play in Rex Ryan's defense. I think certain people need to get the defense. Uh, and then they just need to tell everyone else where to be in position and that's why those people are so critical.
2: So you're saying it comes down to execution.
1: Oh, <laughs> imagine that, no.
0: So, yes. but relative to that, Preston Brown, who was one of the detractors of the defensive scheme last year, saying how complicated it was, actually came out during this offseason and said that Rex Ryan has simplified things quite a bit for the defense, so Cass, hopefully that'll- AKA
1: simplified things for him.
0: Yeah. Cass, hopefully that'll lays just some of your concerns. Uh, but some other names being thrown around as we talk about Ragland and as we talk about Shaq Lawson. Uh, we're talking about comparisons for Shaq Lawson. A lot of people see him as a Terrell Suggs-type role for the Bills and for uh, Reggie Re- his idol is Dwight Freeney. Uh, well, Which, you, you can tell by his spin move.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. Like He looks yeah. like a Dwight Freeney yeah. type. He's a
0: big dude. Yeah, he's
1: a big dude. He is
0: a monster of a man. I
1: don't know going to play outside linebacker like covering you know tight ends and this is a
0: good opportunity to address something that we observed on Thursday night which was suddenly the uh, injection of critique with each draft pick we watched and cast this is no critique of yours uh, but we chose to watch at your house on ESPN and this year John Gruden who has a reputation for being the guy who loves everybody and everything they do Apparently his role this year was to uh, go out of his way to critique guys and his big critique on Shaq Lawson was pointing to the game against Notre Dame when he went up against Ronnie, what's his face, yeah. who was also taking the first round. Except then we, when we heard radio interviews the following day from everybody else said, yeah, that's not really how it happened. Uh, in that game, it was at best the tie, but and more likely or more scenarios than not Shaq Lawson was getting the best of them But I don't hear anybody saying yeah, no kidding That's because for whatever reason the production staff at ESPN this year decided this is the year that we're going to be Somewhat critical and not over promise on all
2: these draft picks Well, I understand. I definitely picked up on that and agree that they decided to go towards a more truthful Story that they were telling about each of the picks, but uh, I have to say the ESPN broadcast is so much more entertaining than NFL Network with clips inside people's draft parties and, yeah. you know, all the crew and, and people that they surround themselves with. I mean, it, it was quite an entertaining broadcast from that standpoint. So you can rag on ESPN all you want, um, but from an entertainment purpose, I would say it definitely overperformed in the NFL Network for that.
0: Cass, you're not in any way, shape, or form presently repping a client that is a subsidiary of the Disney Corporation, are you?
2: No, no. Are you, are you no. certain? Because they positive. have a lot of
0: subsidiaries. No,
2: I am positive.
0: Okay. Well, some names <laughs> being
1: thrown, some names being thrown around <laughs> for, for thing. Okay. Just to tag on to your point, this is the first year I've. This is sorry, this is the first year I've ever seen them prepare film about how that person is bad. Yeah, yeah. Like there was was a concerted effort there. For 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 these, you know, it's just like I mean I don't know I've never been a fan of. I kind of liked all the positive spin around players because people like to like their draft picks. Yeah. Um, And I don't think the NFL has a problem with people not watching the draft. If anything, it's. I mean, we all wanted to go back to the oh, just give me a whole Saturday. That I can yeah. leave my kid and wife and just watch the damn draft from like 9 o'clock in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night. Those were the days. Those were amazing. It's not I mean,
2: I, just to point, I was running on the treadmill earlier today and during the fourth round watching on ESPN. And they did show a clip as a, I guess it's a plus clip, but uh, this guy was a wide receiver. He made a really great catch, but the quarterback marking him like went down with an injury, like grabbing his leg in incredible pain. And they chose that clip to show, and I was like, I don't know what this is proving here. Yeah. Uh, there was nobody guarding him or whatever. That's soccer talk there, but it was it was very interesting.
0: So some other names being thrown around. We've we've kind of touched a little bit on our first two picks. Ragland uh, says his his personal idol is uh, Ray Lewis. Yeah, a guy who played in the Rex Ryan scheme. Other people have compared him already to David Harris and the aforementioned Bart Scott. We got a road grader with <laughs> Sorry, him. Sorry, Bart Scott, not Brian Scott. What is it, Brian Scott? I oh, said yeah. No, I said Brian Scott. It is Bart oh, Scott. It is Bart Scott. Yeah, Brian Scott was the gospel singing, piano playing, half linebacker, half safety of Bill Zior, who was uh, completely torn apart by Tom Brady, I think, in 2009. 53 is the mic. That was the infamous. Something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this guy, the Bills said that they had a first-round grade on him, fell to them in the second, although they didn't trade up to go get him.
1: A lot of people had the Bills taking him in the first round, so the Bills were not alone in terms no. of having a reasonably first-round grade on him. He is going to make
0: a lot of guys go splat, uh, and quite frankly, I don't care if he's only on the field for two downs at a time. Um, because people say that as if, like, oh, always yeah, well, those happen to be the the two most important downs that a guy can be out there. So okay. if, if it means... Because he's on the field. You're in so, a third and long yeah, every time. Yeah, teams are always in third and long. Then
1: great. That's a great pick. That's a, that's right. a great guy to have on your it's team. Like, it's Brian Spikes. It's Brian Spikes. Brandon Spikes. Brandon Spikes. Brandon Spikes yeah. What is wrong with me with the Brian's today? Can we anyway, have it's another like beer, Brandon's, please? Um, I'm not drinking because I'm working. So Maybe that's the problem, actually. Um, so, you know, when Brandon Spikes, we remember just sitting there watching. When Brandon Spikes was on the field, people would not be able to run against um, Jim Schwartz's defense. Suddenly, mysteriously, Brandon Spikes comes off the field, and they're running all over us. Yep. It was it was unbelievable. It was an entire game we sat and watched. It was totally we were, predictable. It was completely predictable. So if he gives us that, yeah. you know, shores up that ridiculous sieve that was our defensive line last year, you know, not to mention that Kyle Williams will be back. Um, but And I would like to look I, – I seem to recall – the Bills being in
0: third and six and shorter a lot last yes. year. I, I seem to recall, like, we very rarely had, like, oh, okay, we're third and 11, we're just sending the, we're sending the house. Like I, I feel like we didn't have a lot of situations like that because we consistently gave up two, three, four yards on first down, did it on second down, and then, then teams would have third and mid-range
1: distance a lot. Am I recalling that correctly? You are, and the reason for that also is because people were out of position because they didn't know where they were supposed to be because Preston Brown, who's in charge of putting them where they meant to be, wasn't able to do that. So it was just towards the end of the season where Manny Lawson started to do that. Yeah. And, you know, that's another transition. So I think that having someone that's a proper signal caller that knows what they're doing, that has command of the defense, um, and, you know, can also plug up a hole and actually do his job in his position is going to be huge. Definitely. So.
0: Um, there, was, there was a pretty good consensus among Bills Mafia about the first two picks. Of course, you're going to have people who hate on everything the Bills do regardless of what happens, so we can't say that there was a there was 100% agreement with where the Bills put their first two draft picks, but for the most part, everybody likes it. A lot, of the, a lot of the analysts out there, a lot of the pundits agreed that the Bills used their first two picks quite wisely in spite of the fact of having to trade up. That's the other thing, too. People got their panties in a wad about the Bills giving up one of their free fourth rounders. I mean, come on! Like what? Like what? 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 What do you think? What value do you think they're giving up to go get a guy that they had on their board, and a lot of people thought were already a first round talent? What do they think they're giving up for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. So you up a Cardell Jones in the fourth round, which is a pretty darn good pick for the fourth round. Um, Would you know? Everyone knows that he, he's Buster Boo. Right. Yeah, and, and I no want to get to him in a second.
0: We we still haven't talked about our. No, third no, no round I guess pick. what I'm
1: saying is that are are you that upset that you're giving up a pick that means a Buster Boom? Right. It's or, not a for sure, sure thing. Nothing, yeah. You
0: know, it's not a sure sure bet. So uh, I want to talk a great length about Cardell Jones because I think a lot can be can be interpreted by that pick. But third round pick. That's where that's where the divisiveness begins. That's where we're not all in agreement that this was the right guy. Adolphus Washington, Ohio State. Ohio State this year set a record. And I don't know what the count is now. Going in today, they had already set the record for number of picks uh, from one university. So they've blown that out of the water because at least with Cardell Jones, the Bills added to it from Ohio State. But Adolphus Washington, you know, infamous at this point now for soliciting a prostitute, uh, which was actually an undercover cop for a $100 blowjob. How'd she um, look?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but this guy, they haven't billed as a defensive tackle. I see him... One of two ways. Kyle Williams' replacement, and yes, Bills fans, we are going to have to deal with the sad truth that Kyle Williams is not long for our roster. We've been talking about this on this podcast for years now. I think he's going to retire, though.
2: We've been consoling Lars on this. It's it's been weekly. weekly.
0: But also as a uh, 3-4 defensive end. I think that he could fit in there as well with, with Darius on the other side. Now, the one thing we didn't pick up this year, when we have Red Bryant still on the roster left over from last year, is a true nose tackle. I don't know who's who's going to fit that position. But again, as we talked about before, how many times are we going to be in a 3-4 this year? Maybe 30% of the time?
1: I mean, shouldn't we
0: be in that more now that we have the personnel for it? But we don't have, the, we don't have a nose tackle. We don't have a space eater. And yeah. to use Darius as such is a waste. Yeah.
2: Well, I would rather tell our front line that they need to line up man to man or well double teamed, whatever, and, and do something Just with beat it. Them. Just beat them. Just beat them. Do what, do what you can do. I, I, I'm more comfortable with that, seeing that we had so many holes with our linebackers. And when the running back made it through, bro- broke that first tackle, it was eight yards, it was 10 yards, it was Definitely. 12 yards. It was terrible. So I'd rather say, okay, let's keep everything in front of us nothing behind us and that
0: was the difference with having Brandon Spikes you you didn't see that is that he would get past the defensive line but oh by the way there's Brandon Spikes waiting there for him and we just didn't have that last year or run away from Brandon Spikes and Preston Brown was there but without Brandon Spikes Preston Brown doesn't have the presence enough to to force those plays himself this Adolphus Washington guy again we're in third round territory here I don't know what people think the Bills could have done or should have done with that pick that they can be critical that way because we really have to be thinking of this in terms of opportunity cost. We took him, so who couldn't we have taken? I don't know in the third round at that position, who, like, who could Cook? we have done better?
2: I mean, and, and That's it, what
0: people will say, though, right? Yeah, Connor, Connor Cook. Cook and yeah.
2: Was Hackenberg already gone? Yeah, he was gone.
0: Yes, I think the Jets had taken him by then.
2: So I think the issue with... I think one of the pluses for him is he comes from Ohio State. Yes. So he comes from a football program. At that place in the draft, I would rather see us draft somebody from a large school rather than like a Western Kentucky or, a, you know,
0: Kent North State Dakota or State. North
2: Dakota State or something. like. I mean, this guy has played in a very professional college setting. Definitely. So he's coming in with some grooming already done. He's coming in knowing his place on a really good team. And not being the number one player. So, I, I, I no matter what, from a third round, if you're going to have to go somewhere, go to the guy from Ohio State.
0: Plus, a case could be made that, if not for him, the third overall pick in this year's draft, Joey Bosa, may not have put up the numbers he got. Because yeah. oh, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing a lot of Ohio State fans say, that, like, yeah, Adolphus Washington ate up a lot of space to let Joey Bosa kind of run free and do his thing.
1: Yeah, and I think... Look, it's also a depth question, right? At the third round, if you can provide solid depth, yeah, yeah. then that's great. Because, <clears throat> like you said, Kyle Williams is getting up there in age. He's not going to be able to play every snap. Uh, and I'm literally regurgitating what I heard on WGR this morning. Um, um, but, you know, the same themes come up. And that he's going to have to sit there and and, 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 and fill in for Kyle Williams, fill in for Darius, so they don't get tired, so they stay fresh. Yeah. So it can be, you know, 100% every single time. Um, and then the other thing is that if injury happens. Which it will. We all saw happen, what happened, when happen. Kyle Williams went down. You know, we were not the same team. No. Uh, and so, we and we also saw the value of uh, Corbin Bryant from time to time, right? And so, it's nice to have more than one of those. Definitely. And here's the other thing, too. People were kind of surprised that
0: Doug Whaley took the microphone about Shaq Lawson and about Reggie Ragland and said, these are day one starters and was very upfront about that. So, Taking that logic and extrapolating it to the third round, were you expecting a day one starter? Because if you were, you're insane because that wasn't meant to happen. We got lucky that we got two with our first two picks. You kind of have to scale back your expectations a little bit when we make it to the third round.
2: Well, and people who say, oh, yeah, we should have drafted you know, a quarterback. I mean, Tyrod is our starter. Yep. EJ will be the backup. Yep. Uh, uh, getting a quarterback in these later rounds is such a crapshoot and they don't even have a chance to play I mean at least these guys that we're picking up prove to have a place on the depth chart that can move around and actually be a presence on the field maybe not starting but during the game throughout a game rather than like having a quarterback that's just gonna sit on the bench
0: well that's a fantastic transition to our fourth round pick Cardell Jones and I think you kind of touched on already what that pick means. It means that Tyrod's a starter. It also means that the Bills are gonna to try to lock him up because by all accounts, Tyrod, or excuse me, Cardell Jones, definitely not gonna be ready as a rookie. It's probably not gonna be ready in his second year either. So I think they're, they're gonna be looking to Tyrod for at least two or three more years to be the man. And we don't know yet if he's gonna regress or if he's gonna take that mantle and run with it and be the best quarterback since Jim Kelly. That's what we're all hoping for. But as people complain about E.J. Manuel as our backup, come on. We don't have a starting quarterback that we're sure of. At this point, backup quarterback is a luxury for us. And I understand that quarterbacks don't play 16 games in a season, and you have to be prepared for your backup to play a couple games. But you could do a lot worse than E.J. Manuel.
1: I mean, people have to remember what Matt Castle did in um, in Dallas. Um, no. You know? So, I mean,
2: fine. Awful. Maybe...
1: He he was awful. He lost a lot of games, but it wasn't this like spectacular, spectacularly awesome the way EJ was. You know, it wasn't like five picks in a row. Uh, you know, it was just generally bad play for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what Mac, so you know that's the thing that you get with EJ. You get a bunch of bad. And then you might get a bunch of good where he like fights back and tries to win the game. And here's the thing. If, if, if that phantom
0: pass interference call is not called on Nikel Roby on Jacksonville's last draft, and they're looking at 4th and 17, and they don't convert, and the Bills take over, take a knee a couple times, and run out the clock and win that game, is, every, is are we still that concerned about E.J. Manuel? No, we're like, not. I,
2: I, mean, I mean, no, no, no. There's concern. There's there concern from, there,
0: but I don't think like, it's as alarmist as everybody makes no, it out he, to be. He
2: came out. He did what he would have needed to have done to get us the win, and that would have been what we would expect from a backup quarterback. Yeah,
0: and while he threw the game away, he also clawed us right back into it. And, and, and I'm not. You go back EJ. No, you go back and listen to this podcast. me being like, we're done with EJ Manuel. It's time to turn the page on EJ Manuel as a starter, but as a backup, again, you can do a lot worse. And especially, I mean, we. What are you going to find as a backup, a guy who's a stand-and-deliver kind of guy, which which is not the same kind of offense that Tyrod Taylor runs? So as long as we have a mobile quarterback with a big arm, he can run the same kind of offense that the Tyrod can. And I don't
1: think you can really ask for much more from your backup. Yeah, I, I think that, so thinking about the quarterbacks, there are several analysts in the media that have said that there's nobody in this, in this uh, quarterback class that is a very clear day one starter. No. Including Goff and Wentz. You know, that, that arguably in an ideal world, if they were in the same draft as, let's say, last year, that those guys would not be first, necessarily first round picks, or that they would not be day one starters. They are going to be forced to be day one starters, and, you know, best of luck to more, them. Yeah, more power to you guys. Um, and, but it might be the end of their career because of it. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're not appropriate for that. Um, and it's, it's, it's very similar to uh, the guy that went to Denver. Um, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, you know. They're saying he's universally accepted as being not a day one starter just because he has no experience in a pro offense. But who did we who did people want to take? People are like, you should take a quarterback every year. Okay, great. We took a quarterback. Oh, that's that's such nonsense. You know, that is such nonsense. But so, you don't need to take a high-end quarterback every year. I mean, you need to and, – and, and it's the same people that say, oh, take best player available. It's like people just learn these taglines and just want to say them over and over again even though – you know, th- what they're saying makes no sense. It's just like, they're just words coming out of their yeah. mouth. But this idea
0: that you take a quarterback every year till one sticks is, is nonsense. So what? Okay, so we're going to devote first-round resources every year so you get a good quarterback? Because that's where the good quarterbacks are taken. So not first round, second round? Well, you can still find good, good quality depth or starters in the second round. So if not second round, third round? Okay, then what do you think you're going to find? You devote a third, fourth, or fifth rounder every year to a quarterback you're just making the odds of finding a good one that
1: much less.
2: And, and we've used our first-round draft pick on a quarterback.
1: Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, we have.
2: So. so well, and it's a perfect example
1: of what happens when you reach. When you try and get a first-round quarterback when they're not really first-round quarterbacks. Yeah. They end up, when you try and start them right away it's, or when they're forced to start right away, it's, they fall apart. I mean, there has been in the NFL for the last eight years
0: the same five or six names at the top of the quarterback heap, and then there have been 25 to 30 guys cycling beneath them for everybody else's starter. Finding a quarterback in the NFL, and finding one that has staying powder and is the, the elusive elite talent, it just doesn't happen. Now, we have a guy now in Cardale Jones, to bring it back to our fourth round pick today, who has the potential to do all those things, 11-0 as a starter at Ohio State, won the national championship, and then lost the starting job. I wish I knew more about why or where his limitations lie, but in terms of a physical standpoint, if he can learn, we might have somebody on our hands that we can either develop and, and become our franchise guy or trade away. So it's not a bad guy to have.
2: Totally agree, and uh, I also think that we need to make sure we touch on our fifth round. Oh, we're getting pick. there. We're okay. getting there. We are getting there because I definitely sure. called that gotta one. Got to make sure. No, I mean I think that with
1: with Cardell Jones, that's a perfect example. People say, oh, he's a fourth round pick. He's not going to be anything. What a waste of a pick. We're not going to get it. You know, it's like you can't have it both ways. And John Murphy, as much as I love him, went off this whole rant um, like a week or two ago uh, about how oh, 66 percent, or you know, essentially like 63 or whatever percent of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL are first round picks. Yeah. That means one out of three is not. Right. You know, I mean, that means that you can find people outside of that first round. And we got one right now. We got a sixth rounder who's our starter. Right, there are plenty of people. I mean, that's one of every three teams, you know, that has a person who's starting as Which means there's at least one team
0: in every division.
1: Right, and one of those people that goes into the other category is E.J. Manuel. Yep. Right, who's a first round pick and is a starting quarterback, and also Ryan Tannehill. Serving. Yeah, people that you we don't want. Like great, your Ryan team. Tannehill sucks. Gino Smith, Me- you know was Fitt- Fitt- Yes. Oh, you sorry, Gino Smith. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Gino. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a, <laughs> not going to be really fun. Either going up against Christian Hackenberg, or Gino Smith, it's just going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah it's going to be awesome. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be on the sidelines as a Bills fan. Dude, I
0: hope I hope Ryan Fitzpatrick takes a severe pay cut and comes and plays for the bills that would make me very happy but let's talk about that fifth rounder because we're running a little long here so shortly before we're standing in the uh, tavern tent down at draft town usa fifth round's coming up we're standing in front of the big board enjoying our beers watching it and we say to ourselves well it's the fifth round coming up so that means we're going to draft a williams uh in the spirit of carlos and kyle before him and that means he's gonna be great. Well, lo and behold, we get the Arkansas running back Jonathan Williams, who's missed all of 2015 with the foot injury. But is there any doubt in anybody's mind that this guy is not gonna be incredible?
1: Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's just impossible for him to not be incredible, right? I mean <laughs> he's a Williams
0: from the fifth round. There's
1: no way. And you know, if you read the analysis on this guy, he said, Oh I mean he could have had a first round grade if he hadn't been out. So it's just I don't know what's happening in the fifth round in our team, but that's our money spot. It, it's our Williams money. It's stuff. the Williams spot. It's yeah. the Williams he was the BWA. Spot. So I, I, I know nothing about him. Me and no. Lars read our inter- the interpretation of him, and both of us had exactly opposite interpretations of what that means. So I thought of him as a chooky, you know, like cutting quarterback, and Lars read it as, no, it means he takes one cut and he goes, like Carlos Williams. So we'll see who he we'll, we we we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. out. But uh, he's going to be incredible, and he's going to carry the team to a Super Bowl
0: well just as the Cardell Jones uh, pick has implications to our current starter I do think that the Jonathan Williams pick has implications to guys currently on our roster so it who and so in the case of Cardell Jones I think it means that Tyrod's safe in the case of Jonathan Williams who's not safe and I think it might be Carlos Williams because he can't he can't stay healthy and it yeah, pains me to say that because we love Carlos Williams
2: and dealing in the age of uh, concussions concussions and the you know how strict they are being on it I, 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 I agree with you it's sad I love Carlos Williams I think he's a friggin beast
0: but you can only run that hard yeah. for so long you
2: can't that, the wear and tear that that takes on your body is, is way too much so well, well I just but I like also that we're like, replacing him with a Williams but I, it doesn't matter yeah, come on he's yeah. another Williams
0: but I also really like Mike Gilsley they were saying that um, wait a
2: minute
1: it's A. Williams versus J. Williams they're right next to each other in the alphabet oh, oh snap oh. <laughs> meaning it's like interchangeable right
2: okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> conspiracy
0: so uh, but the other guy in the hot seat now is Mike Gilsley uh, and love Mike Gilsley and uh, we, Little Freddy Little Freddy is what we Little call Little Freddy it. yeah yeah exactly and after the week 17 last year, Suj, uh that poor guy just got his ass beat. Um, but we were trying to figure out like, why is this guy so good? Why does he like, you know, why does he seeming seemingly so effective? And apparently, it's because in Roman's system, they are so precise that like they have they have the running backs basically count their steps, so they know how to time and how to hit the holes, and everything is is based on a timing system. When can things will open up and when to make your cuts. And he was all in on that. And that's why he had a 55-yard run for a touchdown in each of his first four weeks. Also, Mike Gilsley is the only running back that can count. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. But I also made the comment when we were downtown. This might also indicate, and I think, and we can talk about this, but I think that McCoy has one, maybe two years left on this team.
1: Yeah, so I don't know that I agree with you on that. I don't know that for sure. I get why you're saying that, because of the contract, the way that the contract is struck, The way that the contract is struck. Uh, and his age. But he's 26 when he came to us, which means he's going to be... I think what? he'll be 28 to start this season. This season? Yeah. I mean, he's still going to the clubs, so he's young at heart. We all know he's going to the clubs. Okay? <laughs> yeah, what's the, up, what's the word on the Pennsylvania DA going?
0: The P-A-D-A.
1: Um. Uh, I think that they've... As of right now, there's no plans to charge him. So, oh, okay. anyways, hey. So, no anyways, he's young at shady. heart. He's young at heart. Um, whatever. I, I don't think his performance has fallen off at all. Um, so, I don't know that. I think he's got at least two or three more years. Um, but if it becomes to be a contract issue, a cap issue, we uh, uh, we have to pay our quarterback issue. Then yes. Yeah. If we know that we have a quarterback that's a franchise quarterback, we can let go of a franchise running back and allow. Gillespie and Williams and Williams to run the show Williams Williams and Gillespie sounds like one hell of an accounting firm yes.
2: Someone named Williams. Yeah,
1: um,
0: so uh, to round it out uh, sixth rounder. We took a, uh, a speeder Listen be listen be listen be and then uh, to round out the second sixth rounder We got a defensive back So you got to assume there's gonna be a wide receiver and a cornerback taking every draft We got him with the last two picks all in all a good draft weekend, I think, for the Buffalo Bills. Really excited to hear how this plays out. We got some OTAs, we got some mini camps, some rookie mini camps, some other bullshit coming up in the next couple months before training camp. So we'll be checking back, and hopefully, with our boy Chris Chapasso from CBS Sports and NFL.com. But
1: uh, any last thoughts? Moving on, I think that we did great. No, I think that I mean it's it is notable that Listen B, I just love Listen B, um, is. Uh, Potentially a Goodwin replacement. Yeah, who's been a favorite and hated player uh, for quite some time. Okay,
2: hated by Jeff Day.
1: Yeah, I mean he's hated by a lot of people because yeah, it, McRib, right? I mean it's like the guy can't stay healthy he and stay healthy. No. Uh, and also now I think that he he even has kind of said I want to be a track star more than anything else. Well, he's better at track than he is. He's better at track, right? So, you know, and one of the things that we heard about him was that. Uh, it, was, it was a caller that called WGRs that he's not just running speed; he's also going up for balls and things like listen that. Listen, B. Which, yeah, Listen B. But
0: Listen B is also
1: crazy fast. Right. This is what I'm saying. So he he provides what what Gilmore could do. I just Gilmore, did it again. Jesus, I just bro. did it again. Goodwin. Goodwin.
2: Get these spicy wings.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Okay. Uh, he does what Goodwin can do, but he also does what Goodwin can't do. Let's hope that
0: happens. Because the coaching staff does love Goodwin.
2: So so can I just make a female comment about our draft selection? To make any kind
0: of comment you want, Cass.
2: Um, it's full of character, just in the names. I mean, these names, Jack Lawson, Reggie Ragland, Adolphus Washington, Cardell Jones. Okay, Jonathan Williams, okay, that's a little bland. Yeah, a little presidential. You know, but Colby, listen to me. Tevin, Seymour, like... We, we got some character there. Those aren't just like approves. You know, Bob Jacobs.
1: That sounds like a porno yeah. cast. But
2: I, 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 I'm pretty excited. That's I'm excited crazy. to yell these names pretty loud at the bar this uh. It's been a long small. time Come since on! the days
0: of Ashton Yabuti and CJ Ahi or yeah. Ahi Yahoo or whatever his name was. <laughs> Well, that's going to be it for us on behalf of uh, Sujit and Cassie and Bill's backers. Ain't nobody work. got
1: time for no wild card.
0: Not not to mention uh, the long-forgotten, or not long-forgotten, long-lost-but-not-forgotten Jam and Jeff Day, and, of course, Buffalo Bill Belcher up in Beer City, USA. He's w- forgotten. We, yeah, we've uh, forgotten. We've forgotten about
1: Bill. We've, we've, we've Bill, Bill actually called during this podcast, and I didn't answer the phone. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Bill. Which is very emblematic of how we've selectively forgotten about him. So uh, it's been a it's been a fun weekend. Uh, if you were in Chicago, great. If, if not, you missed a great time in spite of the weather. And it looks like it's actually raining harder now. So uh, can't wait to go home, be inside, be with my dog, uh, and read all about why everybody in Bill's Nation completely hated this draft. But until next time, let's go, Buffalo. Let's go,
1: Buffalo. go Bills.
0: <laughs> the Bills make me want to